It's good to be in the house of the Lord, amen. Can y'all hear me okay? I have one of those sweet, squeaky, sweet voices, so sometimes I can't be heard really well. <laughs> it is so good to be here tonight. Thank you so much. Man, you all working on excellence. Be proud of who you are. Uh, we get to travel to many churches, to many women's ministries, and I'm telling you, when I see excellence, I appreciate it. So I thank you so much, Miss Linda, Pastor, and um, for the, uh, the effort that you've given tonight to show your appreciation to your women, the investment you've made into them. Let's give them a hand tonight, amen? Okay, so the deal is we don't know each other, right? So I know what happens when we don't know each other. Because <laughs> I'm a girl too. So I know y'all are already sizing me up. I've been sizing you all up. <laughs> Isn't that awful how women do? They go, mm-hmm. <laughs> but no, I'm thankful to be here. Thankful for the invitation. And I'm thankful to be able to meet, I'm going to say, new friends tonight. And I'm thankful tonight that Jesus made a way for us to be here. But I am apologizing for making y'all run a little bit late. I thought y'all would be eating. And we were taking our time on the interstate with the rain. So I apologize for that. And I, I normally um, will try my best to... Uh, to uh, not take a long time, but how many can say tonight, have your way, Jesus? Come on, we came out tonight. We left our children at home, amen. We've left the crock pot on. Our kids can get their own way to the bath tonight. Just one night. Can we have a night to be in the presence of the King? I didn't come here tonight to have church as normal. I didn't come here tonight just to waste our time. I come tonight to have an encounter with God Almighty. I'm expecting God tonight. I'm telling you, God has stirred a word in my spirit for you tonight. I'm going to tell you, I preached this message I'm going to preach one other time. But I was up till 3.50 in the morning last night rewriting the message. Yes, I write my messages out. I'm telling you, if God can write the Word of God and we read the Word of God, nothing's wrong with me writing my notes out. Amen. But until 3.50 in the morning, I was before the presence of the God. And I'm going, what do you have for those women tonight, God? What do you want me to pour into them? And this message came to my spirit. And I said, so what? Whatever you want, God. I'll lay here as long as you want, Father. Come on, let's rewrite it because you know the need in the house tonight. When I preach this message another time, God, it wasn't for them tonight. So I believe, Father, has a rhema word for you. I believe we have some fresh manna from you. And I believe that God has appointed somebody to be here tonight to hear this word of God. Can you sit down? Can you settle in? Can you work? Worship with me. Can you get behind me? Can you say whatever God has, whatever timeline he has it on? I'm going to be okay with that. Amen. As my friend, Sister Brenda, comes forward, I, I'm so thankful to be under the pastor's covering tonight, Pastor Donald Simpson, and, and his beautiful wife tonight. I'm gracious. I believe that we are kins already, kinfolk already. My grandfather uh, and my spiritual father is part of yours. Brother Dale Yurton is my spiritual grandfather. I grew up him staying in my house, uh, listening to the voice of God as he spoke. <laughs> I can't even get nowhere close to that. And of course, we all love Brother Rick Clinton, and you all know our family, right? We're just kinfolk around here. 
So I'm thankful to be under the covering tonight and gracious. Um, I want to tell you just a moment who I am. My name's Dana, um, and we get the privilege to pastor Church on the Rock in Berea, Kentucky. So we just came, what, an hour? Um, a little over an hour to get here tonight, and I'm thankful. I really am thankful. I'm stalling because I'm waiting on the Lord a little bit too. Um, and my name's Dana, and, and, and my husband's name is Mark Sarver. And we've been pastoring for 25 years, sister. Oh. <laughs> I, I, I have a kindred spirit with you. 25 years, but my job is the best job. I get to lead the most amazing women. And uh, four of them, five of them came tonight. Will you give my friends a hand? I love my ladies. I appreciate them coming out tonight, and I do love them. But uh, we've been pastoring for 25 years. I have a 24-year-old and a 20-year-old doing their own thing in this world, making their way in careers, and I'm thankful for them. Um, so we're all alike. We're just a bunch of women, mamas, wives, and, you know, doing the best we can to serve God till he returns. Amen. But I do want to share one more thing with you tonight. Uh, we lead a ministry called This Is Us, and I hear that we have a lot in common. Uh, we believe in Revelations where it says, you're made overcomers by the blood of Jesus. And what? The word of your testimony. How many knows every time you share your testimony with somebody else, you stepped over the devil? You stepped over everything that he tried to keep you in. Amen. You stepped over that cancer. You stepped over that divorce. You stepped over whatever situation it was. So I encourage you, Sister Linda, you keep on with this ministry. Keep telling your stories. Keep sharing your stories. We have a meeting tonight at my home church. Our women are gathered together. And we've launched a new ministry off of This Is Us called This Is Real. It's real questions. It's real answers. So I can't wait to get back in the car tonight to call them up and say, well, how did it go? So I love my ladies, but tonight I want to share a book with you. A guy that inspired us to write called So Care for the Weary. How many can say, Sister Day, I'm just tired in the house? Yeah, I'm weary. Come on, you all have to participate. I can't hardly see you. So how many's ever got to a weary place in your life? Amen. Amen. So this book is a tiny book. God showed what size to write these series of books. We have 12 coming. This is the first of a series. And how many knows you can go to sleep and take a, night, a nap and get over being tired, but there's something that's deep-rooted in you when you're weary in your soul and weary in your spirit. But God has come to speak and to give rest. Amen. So I'm going to give this to Sister Linda tonight as she's invited me to come, but we have those back there. And all the proceeds go back into This Is Us ministry. I don't get one dime of it after we pay for the next publication of our book called Judas Among You. Woo! Somebody needs to hear that one, right? There's a Judas Among You. I'm writing on that one fervently. <laughs> oh gosh, am I going to shoot myself a bit? Um, how many knows that um, we can really be real with that book? So get this one and we'll have that one out by next year, by the, um, by the spring of next year. So thank you Jesus, have I done okay getting all that out of the way? Are we ready to get into the Word tonight? Amen. Well, I bring my friend with me, number one, because I can read, but she reads so much better, and it saves my voice. We've been able to travel a lot of miles lately. Let me tell you what we've seen. In the last, we were talking about it on the, now I'm just chatty patty with you. I'm getting all comfy up here, ain't I? Um, in the last month, in the last, same month. 
in the because I'm trying to break y'all in to communicate back with me, all right? In the last month, same month, we have seen God move in the most miraculous ways. In the last month, we've seen more, God, more healings and more miracles than I have seen in the last 10 years of my life. To God be the glory. Amen. How many has come seeking a miracle tonight? Right here on a Monday night, right here in a women's meeting. How many can know you can have the touch of the master's hand? God can reach down from the throne room of heaven and he can touch that situation you're in. I'm talking about deaf ears open. I'm talking about stage four cancer healed. I'm talking about women who were on a diabetic pump and she said, I haven't been off of a pump for nine years. I came tonight to be prayed for. I went home to Tonight, I turned that pump off and I haven't had it on and I brought pen candy with me. I'm telling you, I've seen God move in miraculous ways in the last month and I've come here for revival tonight. I'm telling you already, I didn't come for just another dried up Monday service. I come for revival. I come to see Manchester on fire. I come to see a bunch of women to come here tonight and say I can't go back the same way. I came. I've got to have more of God. I've got to have that thing that you're talking about tonight. I've got to have revival in my home. I've got to have revival in my kids' bedrooms. How many longs for tonight? I'm telling you, there's nothing more than I do that I depend upon. There's nothing more than I want right now in my life. I've never been so hungry. I've never been so desperate for the touch of God. I've never been so earnest about seeking his face because I know that when we seek him there's signs, wonders, and miracles to who? To those who believe. Do I have any believers in the house tonight? Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Alright! Oh, we're ready to preach now. This is my friend, Sister Brenda. She's been healed of God. I don't know if she's going to tell her whole testimony tonight. But if she does, I want you to sit back and listen. Because then after that, we're going to go into the message, all right? Um, I, I met some of you at the other uh, forum, maybe at the church. How many has heard my testimony? Okay, so just a few. And I'm going to go fast just because of time. But... Um, First of all, I'm going to tell you straight up right now that I believe in the land on of hands and healing. I believe in healing virtue, and I believe that God could have healed me instantly. But because, because he did not, I am a different person today. But um, I'll, I'll try to go as fast as I can. Uh, in 08, I was diagnosed with a brain aneurysm. Um, I'll just go as fast as I can because of time. Um, it was actually in the cerebral artery of the brain. It was blown 360. They didn't know how to clamp it or coil it, so they sent me home and said, we don't know what to do with you. So you know I had to get along with God. And I sought the Lord, and, and the Lord spoke to me and let me know that it was not my time. However, they didn't know how to treat me. So here I am. Um, they called me in. They said, here's what we want to propose, and I'll go fast. You can just picture yourself going through this and... and I'm going to leave out a whole lot, but um, I had to be awake for a procedure. I was tied down on a table with a team of doctors. Um, the whole team monitors everything. They were around me. Being tied down, I couldn't move anything but hands and feet, and I could talk, which means that you know you have to trust the Lord. There's nothing you can do but trust the Lord. Took in a balloon. They put a balloon in, blew the balloon up. This was to test to see if I could live. They said I was most unusual, 
and that more than likely I would die, but that they expect a stroke because they were going to stop the blood flow to the brain. So in the cerebral artery, they took a balloon up. They blew that balloon up. I had to be there at least 20 minutes. I was there probably several hours. They cut the blood flow off to the brain through the cerebral artery. Uh, they didn't think I would survive. Uh, they kept doing stroke test, stroke test. There was no change in my left side to, from the right side. Uh, and I, I can't even begin to take the catheter slip, blood went everywhere. I can't even begin to tell you everything that I went through. But I will tell you this. I went back two weeks. I survived that. No difference. The doctor couldn't believe it. He never would let me talk about the Lord, but I did anyway. And in the end, he did recognize that God made me differently. He said, God has made you different. Went back. They, they put, um, put me to sleep this time, but they put six coils in the cerebral artery to the brain, and they cut the blood flow off permanently. So they said the blood flow will not flow through the cerebral artery. But all of us know that the blood still flows. Amen. The blood of Jesus still flows. I, I won't even get into it, but I'll tell you this. I promised the Lord that if he, would, if he would raise me up, I would testify of him. So if I repeat it over and over, just forgive me because he's worthy. He's worthy. And I count it an honor to get to travel with Sister Dana. Because, you know, I, I believe in laying on the hands, and I, I, I am so grateful that I'm with somebody who has like faith. And, I, I, you know, we can agree, any two agree is touching any one thing. And I know that when we partner up, you know, God does things. And I praise the Lord for the healings that's come forth. But God, God deserves all the glory and all the honor. And I'm just thankful to be here. And because of Him, I'm here today. And the doctor in the end said that I was picture perfect. So only God could take you from most unusual to picture perfect. But I'm just glad to be here and I love the Lord. I just honor him. I love the Lord. She's going to be reading her text from 1 Samuel. I don't know if you want to follow. She's got a lot of words and names, so I apologize up front if I mispronounce one, so just forgive me on that. She's going to take her message from the text of 1 Samuel 1 through 18. I'll read this for her and then I'll get out of the way. So I praise the Lord. I praise the Lord. Honor him tonight. Now there was a certain man of Ramathazophim of the mountains of Ephraim, and his name was Elkanah, and the son of Jeroham, the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zuth, and Ephraimite. And he had two wives. The name of one was Hannah, the other was Penina. Penina had children. But Hannah had no children. This man went up from his city yearly to worship and sacrifice to the Lord of hosts in Shiloh. Also, the two sons of Eli, Hophni, and Phinehas, the priests of the Lord, were there. And whenever the time came for Elkanah to make an offering, he would give portions of Benina, his wife, and to all her sons and daughters. But to Hannah, he would give a double portion, for he loved Hannah, all the Lord had closed her womb. And her rival also provoked her severally to make her miserable because the Lord had closed her womb. So it was, year by year, when she went up to the house of the Lord, that she provoked her. Therefore she wept and did not eat. Then Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Hannah, why do you weep? Why do you not eat, and why is your heart grieved? Am I not better to you than ten sons? So Hannah arose after they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh. Now Eli the priest was sitting on the seat by the doorpost of the tabernacle of the Lord, and she was in bitterness of soul 
and prayed to the Lord and wept in anguish. Then she made a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your maidservant and remember me, and not forget your maidservant, but will give your maidservant a male child, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life, and no razor shall come upon his head. And it happened, as she continued praying before the Lord, that Eli watched her mouth. Now Hannah spoke to her heart, only her lips moved. She spoke in her heart, and only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore, Eli thought she was drunk. So Eli said to her, How long will you be drunk? Put your wine away from you. But Hannah answered and said, No, my Lord, I am a woman of sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor intoxicating drink, but have poured out my soul before the Lord. Do not consider your maidservant a wicked woman, for out of the abundance of my complaint and grief I have spoken until now. Then Eli answered and said, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant your petition, which you have asked of him. And she said, Let your maidservant find favor in your sight. So the woman went her way and ate, and her face was no longer sad. So I thank you, Lord, for this word. I thank you right now, Father. We call on the anointing of the Holy Ghost, Father, that you would use Sister Dana tonight, Father, as your vessel of honor, that you would work through. I thank you right now. We come against any hindrance, and we just say, Father, Holy Spirit, have free reign in this house. And I thank you, Lord, as she ministers tonight, that you, Father, would receive all the glory and all the honor. So we give you praise, anointing. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you. How many knows that you've read this scripture before, probably since you were a child in Sunday school? Is anybody familiar with this scripture? Are you? Come on, talk back to me tonight. But tonight I'm going to talk to a message to you. My husband, uh, as we were talking about it, he said, well, it sounds like a, a pretty encouraging message on prayer. And I said, what more important thing can we be doing in the last days than praying? Amen. How many knows the power of prayer in this room? Don't raise your hand just to be raising your hand. Have you truly experienced the power of prayer in this room? Have you experienced the power of prayer in this room that brings prodigal children back home? Have you experienced the power of prayer in this room that turns your enemies into a blessing? Have you, come on, let's talk a little bit. Have you experienced the prayer in this room that turns your bank account around? Have you experienced prayer in this room that tells the doctor's report that the report of the Lord is the one that I will believe? I'm telling you tonight, there's nothing more than we can talk about tonight than the power of prayer. Some of you in this room were too weak to pray on your own and you may have had to call an intercessor. You may have had to call a friend. In that moment you understood the power of prayer, did you not? How many knows when your children are up on the road? Come on, mama's in the house. When they're out against the curfew, when they won't answer their phone in the midnight hours, it is only the the power of prayer. It's not the KSP. It's not the sheriff's department that can help your children out. It's the power of prayer that can convict them in the middle of their drug addict. It's the power of prayer that can convict them in the middle of their sin. It is the power of prayer that can raise them up in the place of suicide. I'm telling you tonight, it's the power of prayer. Amen. 
The power of prayer, if you could give me a little bit of more monitor. The power of prayer goes like this. It was so important that Jesus, the 12 men that he loved, he could have taught them about strategies for the gospel. He could have taught them about how to structure a church. But what did Jesus do with the 12 men? He found the need to do what? He said, teach them how to pray. The disciples were hungry. They came and they said, Lord, teach us how to pray. It was the most important thing that he could do. So tonight I will not make an apology for coming in here on a Monday night and talking to you, sister, about prayer. Amen. Because in this scripture that Sister Brenda read, it is one of the oldest prayers in the Bible. It is known as one of the most powerful prayers in the revival. So tonight, what can we learn? What can we learn from this scripture? I'm going to tell us a little bit about the prayer of Hannah and how powerful it was. And what we're going to do is focus on verse 18. If you don't mind, let's go back there for just a moment. In verse 18, and she said unto the priest, let your maidservant find favor in your sight. And there's three points I want to point out tonight. So if you're paying attention to the clock and you go along with me, you know what she gets to point two. She's almost finished. Amen. But there's three things that Hannah did after she prayed. This is what I want you to pay attention to. Thank you for the sound. After she prayed, it says in the word of God in verse 18, so the woman Hannah went her way. She ate and her face was no longer sad. The three things, I don't know, I've never seen it in the scripture before, but that's the three things we're going to talk to you tonight. But it wasn't until after she said, amen. Could she get up? Could she go her way? Could she eat? And could her face no longer be sad? Come on, that's already a ministry poem this night. This is a powerful prayer of Hannah. We know her story from the beginning and to the end sometimes and some of you have heard many messages about Hannah and Paniah. Hannah was living with her husband Elkanah if I say that right. Elkanah loved Hannah very much but we know the story. Hannah was unable to produce a child so that's a barren state and it was a bad thing in those days not to be able to produce a child let alone a male child. So Elkanah said I've got to make sure that my lineage goes on. So he marries another wife called Paniah. And we know that just the name of Paniah means very fertile. So that already tells us that she's going about having babies. But we see in the scripture, we see in the story that Paniah torments Hannah. I could just imagine as the two women were living in the same house. Could you imagine the torment that Hannah went through? Could you imagine as each month uh, that things came by with Hannah but it didn't with Paniah and she takes the pregnancy test and well there we go again I'm pregnant what about you Hannah are you pregnant mm, I don't think so and she would put her hand upon her belly and she would walk by and maybe shrug her in the hall it says in the word of God that it was such a bad situation that the word of God says that the Bible called them right 
rivals. And when we look up that word rival, it's the same word that means an enemy of God. Some of you might think you have it bad in the house tonight, but honey, you ain't living with an enemy of God. I want you to sit down in the story and I want you to see how really bad Hedda had it. She was living with a tormentor. She was miserable in the house and she was living with what was called a rival, which was the enemy of God. So talk about a turnaround. Could you imagine? Could you imagine the need that Hannah had? We see that she went to pray. I would be going and praying too if I was living with an enemy of God. I would go and pray too if my mind was tormented because the only thing I wanted in my life was to have a child. And I see my husband's wife producing them left and right. Oh, can you relate to Hannah tonight? We have a home. Could you imagine? It's a miserable home. Some of you know what I'm talking about already tonight. You walk in in your pretty outfits on. You walk in in your plunder jewelry on. But nobody knows the misery you're living behind four walls. Nobody understands the torment that you lay down at night. Some of you may not be trying to get pregnant. But I'm telling you tonight, somebody in this house, somebody in this room tonight is going to be able to relate with Hannah. It was a miserable place. It was a place of torment. Oh, Hannah needed a supernatural move of God. How many has ever been there in this room? Oh, I've got to have God move. I've got to have a turnaround in my home. I've got to have a turnaround in my situation. Hannah's situation was barren. Oh, just that word evokes many emotions to me. But in my spirit as I laid in my bed last night and I rewrote this message, the word barren stuck out so much to me. And I said, oh my God, what does it mean? What do they need to hear about this? Father, how will they relate to Hannah God? Somebody needs to know what I'm talking about in this room. You're living in a place of barrenness. What does that mean, Sister Dana? You feel like you're not producing nothing. You're going around going through the motions. You're going from month to month. You're living for something that ain't happening. No matter how hard you try, no matter how many times that you prayed, it feels like you're just living in a dry season. Can anybody relate to me tonight? Come on. But here's the other thing that I heard in my spirit last night. Oh, Hannah was the only one that heard Paniah's voice. Paniah was known as a torment. Paniah was known as a mocker. Oh, somebody in this room has heard the voice of Paniah in the middle of your barrenness. The voice of Paniah has rang over and over in your ear. Your best friend don't even know about it. Your husband, you haven't even told him about it. But something like this goes on in your ear. You're not good enough. You don't measure up. You'll never be like the rest of them. You're never going to produce nothing. You'll never stand behind a pulpit because that, you know that's the only place of ministry. Well, I've come to tell you that's a lie from the enemy tonight. I'm telling you the Penina's voice has rang loud in this house tonight or God wouldn't lay it upon my spirit in the middle 
tonight to tell you that the voice of the enemy is the voice of Penina and it's been ringing loud but tonight by the end of this service I'm calling forth the deaf ear I'm calling forth the mute spirit of the enemy he will no longer torment your mind tonight your barrenness shall be over your wilderness season shall be over God is speaking to you tonight and he's saying this in the middle of the wilderness can you not see I'm doing a new thing oh there's water springing up can you not perceive it how many's wanting something new in the house amen hallelujah hallelujah Hannah's gotten to a place of being miserable and the Bible said can you hear the sound okay out there the Bible says in the word that she's grieved Come on, have you related to her yet? She's grieved to the place that she stopped eating. And her very own loving husband has come to her and he's going, Baby, I'll go get you Chick-fil-A. I'll go get you whatever you want if you'll just eat. How many's ever lived with somebody that's been tormented? How many's ever lived with anybody that's been depressed? Come on, that's what Elkanah was living with. And there came a time, though, it didn't matter how much... Elkanah loved her. It didn't matter how much Elkanah promised her. It didn't matter how many times he would take her and take her shopping and say, here, baby, here's you a hundred dollar bill. Go buy you a new dress. Nothing could fill the void that Hannah was experiencing. Oh, I'm telling you tonight, but one day, could it be a Monday night on August the 23rd? Could that be a Hannah in the house that says I need a supernatural turn around and this is my night this is my day and I'm gonna look at Elkanah my loving father I mean my loving husband and I'm gonna say I appreciate all you do Elkanah but you can't do anything for me anymore what I've got to do is I've got to get to the place of Shiloh how many knows tonight Hannah in this room you made your way to Shiloh tonight. In Shiloh was the temple. In Shiloh was the altar. And Hannah said this, I've just got to talk to the Lord. I've got to have a little talk with Jesus. I've got to tell him all about my trouble. He will hear my faintest cry. He's going to answer me by and by. I appreciate your husband, but you can't do nothing for me anymore. I've got to get to the place where my help comes from oh I wish there was some desperate women in this house tonight who said that's me I'm gonna already raise my hand and say you're talking about me tonight sister Dana I left it all behind I said I heard there's a women's meeting tonight I heard there's a screaming little woman gonna be there tonight oh but there's a drawing to get me into the place of Shiloh where my help comes from amen hallelujah hallelujah there's going to be times in our lives friend come on we're all we all know this but there's going to be times in our lives we're going to face problems that we cannot solve eventually we're going to have to get to the place when you've done all the medicine 
when you've done all the fix-it programs, when you've plugged in the CD on the way to and from car, the self-help CDs, there's going to come a time in your life that you're going to realize the situation's beyond my control. My broken marriage, a counselor can't fix it. All my rebellious children, it doesn't matter how much I discipline, they're not going to change. All my disease that's ravaged my body, oh no doctor can fix it, no chemotherapy can fix it. There's going to be a time that my checkbook can't fix. Oh there's going to be a time when I know that I can't make whatever the situation is go away. Can I relate to anybody in this room tonight? Just a few of you. Don't make me get real with you. Because I'm known to get real. How many knows what I'm talking about? I didn't walk into this room full of perfect people. I didn't walk into this house with people with void of problems tonight. I'm telling you, we already set the stage tonight. If I don't look again at my notes, if I don't say another word from those notes tonight, if I've got to address the fact that we didn't come here tonight to go through another routine. It didn't just be a ladies meeting tonight. I don't know how they normally go here tonight, but I'm telling you, we come to encounter the help tonight. We've come to encounter a man who can do what no man can do tonight. How many's desperate for him in this room? Amen. Amen. Let me tell you what, when you resolve to the place because you're looking at a woman who said, I can't fix my problems, I, I can't fix depression, oh, Zoloft can't help me anymore, well, Butrin can't help me anymore, oh, the suicide letters are not going to help what I want to do, oh, you're looking at a woman tonight who is so depressed, who is so bound up with depression, she had no energy to even walk through her house, I crawled on my floor and let me just get a little bit more real with you there was a day that I sat behind the desk at church on the rock and I wrote out four suicide letters one to my husband one to each of my children and one to my mom and dad and I said I just can't do it anymore I got to the place that I can't fix my problem but I didn't turn to God to fix my problem I thought my way out was a slit on my wrist I have a scar to prove it today. Oh, but I'm telling you what. Oh, in the moment when I didn't think it, there came a knock on the door. And somebody said, I don't know what you're about to do. But God sent me here tonight that to intervene. And he said, stop whatever you're doing. Oh, I wrapped my arm up. We cleaned the blood up out of the floor. The girls don't even know this part of my story. I went to the emergency room. I told them I cut my arm while I was washing the glass. Little did they know the other arm was about to be slivered. But I'm telling you, God, he fixed the problems that I could not fix. I turned it over to God. And that's what Hannah's doing in this moment. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I just got all messed up in my notes. But it is this. When we reach the place when all that we can do is pray. Here's what I want to tell you tonight. We're talking about the power of prayer. When we get to that place, I don't want you to say it. If you've ever said it before, I want you to apologize for it. Oh, I 
guess all that there is left to do is pray. Oh, I've tried everything else. I might as well get up on my knees. I might as well enter into it first. Oh, the medicine didn't help. The preacher's wife counseling didn't help. All that I can do is pray. Let me tell you this, my friend. If you've gotten to the place where all that you can do is pray, you've gotten to the best place that you can be. Hallelujah, hallelujah. The enemy's just deceived you. The enemy's just lied to you. The enemy's put stops and halts in front of you to keep you from the place of prayer. But I'm telling you, if you'll get it before the Lord, if you'll become like Hannah, because I'm reminded in the scripture of James, James, uh, wherever it says this, in James 5 and 12, I believe it is, the factual fervent. What does that mean? The effectual fervent. That means the active, passionate prayer of a righteous man or a woman availeth much. What does that mean? It's because of my fervent prayer. It's because of my passionate prayer. Oh, I'm going to avail much. It's going to be effective. It's going to produce something. I'm telling you tonight, it is only by prayer that I remain here. It's only by prayer of my mama that she didn't know what I was going through, that she was lifting my name up. It's because of the prayer of the people who love me. I didn't know that they were praying for me. I thought they were hating on me. It's because of the prayer that availeth much for me to stand here in a pulpit and I'm declaring over the word of God. It's an effective delivery. It's an effective message because of their fervent prayer. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. The Bible says a lot about prayer. Are we okay on time? You're going to forget about time in a moment. The Bible says there's power in prayer. In Mark 11, if you're taking notes, it says prayer prayer produces provision. Whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it and what? It shall be yours. In 2 Kings, prayer brings forth healing. How many in this room needs a healing in your life? Come on, raise your hands up. I need a healing. I'm telling you, write down this scripture tonight. Go home and memorize it. Stick it in your phone. It's in 2 Kings. Thus saith the Lord, the God of David, thy father, I have heard your prayers. I have seen your tears. And behold, I will heal you. That's your promise tonight. In Philippians 4, prayer brings forth peace. How many needs peace over your mind tonight? Oh, get in the word of God. And it says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by what? By prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Can you let me know how much you appreciate prayer tonight? Hallelujah. But I have to ask this question. As we've traveled miles and miles and I'm thankful for it, God, I'm amazed. I'm thankful for every open door. But as we go into these sanctuaries and we go into these gatherings, I begin to ask myself as I look across the audience and I ask God to discern what do those people need. I begin to ask this question, how effectual, how fervent is 
voice our prayers? Are we really seeing God move? Come on, answer that yourself. Are we experiencing 2017 the signs, the wonders, and miracles to those who believe? I'm telling you this. I'm from the old school. I'm from the school that see miracles happen in church gatherings. I can spend your time tonight bragging upon God. Oh, but the people in the old days, the people that I grew up with, the ministers that would stand behind the pulpit, the little old women who would come early for church, they knew the power of prayer. They would have a moan that would come out of them. Oh, God, my children. Oh, God, help my babies. Come on, they knew how to pray. They knew how to get through. I'm asking you today, when is the last time that you prayed like that? When's the last time that you moaned? When's the last time you had effectual fervent prayer? Too many times, here's what happens. It's because of that thing that's on your table called a phone. It's because of Facebook that's taken too much time. We kneel down in prayer and we were occupied. We kneel down when we're in trouble and we begin to say things like this well God I'm in a mess God I've got a problem as only you know I need you to heal this I need you to fix this I need you to do this and then here's what happens we get up and we slide our phone a little bit closer we begin to scroll up it and see what our Facebook friends are doing and then we say oh yeah Lord amen and we get up prematurely from that prayer with a premature amen I'm telling you not this that is not powerful praying hallelujah I didn't know I was going to preach this hard tonight are y'all all right is your hair blown back tonight powerful prayer is this powerful prayer is not this that you're telling God what you need him to do for you prayer is when you kneel down before God when you push Facebook to the side when you tell your children don't interrupt mama for the next hour I'm going to spend time with God and you kneel in a place of contrite spirit oh some of you need to get your prayer shawls back out and you begin to bear your soul before God oh when you get up your eyes are swelled together when you get up your voice is raspy from the time that you cried out I'm telling you that's what Hannah did oh she was in the temple and she prayed before the God and she poured out her soul to him prayer is talking to God more than 30 seconds how do I know this is a problem in the church today because all I have to do is this I have to turn on my Facebook and I can see more about a person in the next news feed than what they're bringing before God. I'm telling you, prayer has to become important again. Hallelujah. It's time that we get back to tarrying all night in prayer. How many knows what I'm talking about? When's the last time that you spent a night in prayer? Amen. Hannah stays in prayer. I don't know how long it is, 
But her prayer gets so deep. How many can relate to this? That her mouth just begins to be moving, but no words are coming out of her mouth. Sometimes I've went before God and I've said everything that I can say and I don't have anything else to say. Sometimes all you got to do is just sit there in his presence. The Bible says this, to stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Too many of us are not willing to just sit in his presence. Too many of us are not willing to be still. If you read it in the book called So Care for the Weary, I believe the problem is this. When we get still and before God, oh, we have to hear what's between this thing right here. And we don't want to listen anymore to the torment. We don't want to listen anymore. So we occupy ourselves and we fill ourselves with things to do. But God said in the word of God that Hannah was in a place and her mouth was moving, but no words were coming out. We got to get to the place in Romans 8 that it says this, that the Holy Spirit will what? Make intercession for us. When you know not what to pray for, that thing begins to dwell up in you and it begins to pray for you. All you got to do is make yourself present. All you got to do is sacrifice before God. Oh, don't worry about what you have to say. The intercessor intercessor will pray for you when you know not what to pray for. It says this, when we've been there long enough, when you have a made up mind, and when you begin to cry out, Lord, there is power in prayer. I'm needing a turnaround in my life. The Holy Spirit will find you right where you're at. Oh, because it has me. And I can imagine Jesus as you're in that place and as you're crying out before him and you begin to call upon the great intercessor. I believe that he turns his ear toward Manchester, Kentucky. I believe he turns his ear toward Berea, Kentucky. And he says, intercessor, go. Help her out in that prayer. Holy Spirit, go. She needs you there. You can turn the ear of God. Amen. Amen. I'm not even halfway through. Come on, hang out with me, all right? We know how this story goes. We're getting ready to turn it right here. God sees Hannah in that place of prayer. God hears Hannah's prayer. And he does this. He gives Hannah a child. You know the story from Sunday school. But as I look at the scripture and I know the story, the child that God gives her is not just a child. He doesn't give her a female. He gives her a male child. He doesn't give her any male child. Who does God give Hannah? God gives Hannah who? Samuel. Amen. Samuel does what? He becomes one of the greatest prophets of Israel has ever known. Amen. I'm talking about prayer tonight. This story makes me ask this question. How is it? Come on, you can ask it with me tonight. How is it? That a barren woman who's unable to bring forth a child can pray and her prayer gives birth to a son who can change a nation. I want to know what kind of prayer that's going to take. Oh, how can somebody that...
that's barren. Well, I've come to tell you tonight, you who God spoke to me, and you who said is in the barren place, you who's in that dry and fertile place, you who said, I don't think my prayers get through, I'm going to remind you that Hannah was barren, and that's the confidence that you can know, that right there in your dry place, right there in your wilderness place, right there in that place where you don't think you're producing anything, you can bring forth a miracle, you can bring forth something that changes this world, I'm telling you, it's the power of prayer, amen, hallelujah, I look at this prayer, and I say, my God, what kind of prayer is it that opens dead wounds? What kind of prayer is it that produces a child who will change the world? Don't you want to know in this house? Come on, you got to preach back with me. What kind of prayer makes a way when there seems to be no way? Are you praying that prayer in this room? Show me you need a way when there seems to be no way. Amen. I'm telling you, I want to know what kind of prayer it takes. Do you tonight? Amen. Well, I was studying this. I believe our answer can be found like this. I believe the power of Hannah's prayer is not just found in how and what Hannah prayed. Oh, you're going to mess up our theology, Sister Dana. Part of the power of Hannah's prayer is this. It's found with what she does after she prays. Come on, somebody needs to take some notes tonight. Let me assure you this. The power of prayer has never been rooted in what you say. I'm telling you as a fact, I've heard it many times. Don't call upon me to pray out loud, Sister Dana. I don't know how to pray like everybody else. I can't speak eloquently like everybody else. Please don't call upon me. I don't know how to pray, but I'm living proof to tell you today that you don't need to know how nouns and verbs go together you don't need to know how to quote every scripture in the word of God you can talk to God in broken English because I do but I'm telling you he knows what you need before you ask it I'm telling you there's power in the prayer but part of the power of prayer is rooted in how you act after the amen Have you ever thought of it like that before? Come on, shake your head yes or shake your head no. Have you ever thought of it like that before? I thought my power was a failing much. Oh, but I'm telling you, we can learn in this scripture tonight. It wasn't just that Hannah prayed. It was what Hannah did after she prayed. It's true this. It's the power of prayer that changes situations. But what you do after the amen changes you. That's tweetable. That's all right. You can put that on Facebook. That came about. 340 in the morning last night it is the power of prayer that can change a situation but it is the power of what you do after the amen that changes you amen Hannah here we go with those three points you ready for them I'll go quickly are y'all okay Hannah teaches us a few things after she says amen the first thing that we see is she went her way She ate, and her face was no longer sad. Does that intrigue you tonight? Amen. After the amen, it says that she went her way. Come on, what do you think that means? 
If you were preaching this message tonight, what would that mean to you? It simply means this, umption by the Holy Ghost to teach you and to preach to you tonight. After your amen, after you have spent that time in prayer, mama, after you have said everything that you know to do, there comes a time that you've got to say amen. And that means you ought to be able to address that thing that brought you to prayer in the first place. Hannah says, I've prayed. Come on, we see the scripture. God, I've poured my soul out to you. God, I've cried to where I can't cry. I've prayed to where words don't even come out of my voice and my lips are moving and they think that I'm drunk on wine. But I've determined this in this moment. I've got to go my way after my amen. I'm getting up from this place. I'm going to say amen. I'm going to wipe the dirt off of my knees. I'm going to straighten my dress up. I've been in this same place too long. I can't stay here any longer. Somebody needs to get a hold of this tonight. I'm going to have to go back to that situation. I'm going to have to face it. I'm going to have to deal with it. That brought me here in the first place. But Hannah couldn't do it until after she said amen, amen, amen. As we passed through a church and it stirred in my spirit last night. I know that there's this is a teaching this is a preaching that needs to come forward because it's easy to tell the people who don't know the power of amen how do I know that sister Dana it's because every time they, they come to the altar every time that they come to the prayer line it's the very same request over and over and over again somebody in this room needs to know there's power of amen amen oh we need to get to the place that we can say this I've made my way to Shiloh it may have been at 3 o'clock in the morning it may have been at a women's meeting I've come and I've prayed and I've poured my heart out oh you know what I'm in need of God it may be an unspoken request it may be illness it may be a rebellious child it may be that you've fallen out of love with your husband but you need to get to the place and say here am I Lord oh at some point but at some time I'm going to need to lay it down I'm going to lay it at your feet tonight because somebody in this room I come with a message somebody in this room needs to hear this if you haven't heard anything else tonight the Lord is here he's going to give you the strength to say amen it's your season of weariness is over your season of being wore out is over if you'll bring it and you'll lay it down God says this to you in this house tonight I am going to meet you there I am going to give you strength after you have laid it down to me and you've decided I'm not going to get it back up and you say amen he's going to give you the strength to do it tonight can you believe that in this house you promised you're still with me tonight. 
because I'm going to share something I didn't even share with Sister Brenda on the way down. And I said, God, I'm learning how to obey you like I never have. Last night as I was up all night long, hallelujah, I can't wait to go home and take my makeup off and get in the shower and go to bed. As I was up all night long, when I closed my book after I finished these notes and praying last night, I'm going to tell you I seen something unusual. I seen something unlikely and I told my husband, what it was today while he was eating lunch. I said, I seen a worm. I seen a big green neon worm with yellow horns and yellow spots upon it. And I said, I said, I laid there in bed last night. And I said, God, what does it mean? Oh God, what does this mean? And immediately God took me to a scripture in Joel 2. And it says something like this. And I, who is I, my God, I will restore to you the years that the locusts have eaten, that the canker worm has eaten, that the caterpillar has eaten, that the palmer worm has eaten. I'm telling you tonight, God is a God of restoration. God spoke this word as he showed that thing to me last night. Why does it mention over and over a caterpillar, a canker worm, a palmer worm, and a locust? It's because of this tonight. One thing that's been destroyed in your life. There was a little bit left that the enemy didn't take and you turn around and my God, there's something else destroying it. It feels like you're a ping pong table, like you're bouncing back and back between the enemy's attack. I'm telling you tonight, if you get this word in your heart, God says, I'm coming to restore what the enemy has stolen. I'm coming to restore what the enemy has ate from you. I'm coming to restore it to you in this house tonight. I didn't see no big green ugly worm for nothing. I seen restoration over you, mama. I seen restoration over your marriage. I seen restoration over your situation. Nobody knows about it. You who we ate lunch with tonight. You who we ate supper with. I'm sorry. I don't remember your name. But God says to you, you haven't said what you've been going through. God knows what you've been going through. And this is a mandated word just for you. God is saying, I'm going to restore it. You in the yellow. God is speaking the same thing to you tonight. Oh my God, my God, my God. I speak a night of restoration right now. I speak a night that what the enemy has destroyed, it shall be returned to you. You hopeless spirit in the name of Jesus. Your heart has grown sick because hope has been deferred. But God is the God of restoration for hope. Somebody grab her and hold her tonight.